sketchy podcast uh i'm cory it's number 22 22 uh i'm cory and this with me as always is acclaimed author and master karate sensei of the foot clan michael marshman how you doing man oh my god you're using that one again uh yeah because okay so backstory um we did a podcast last time and we had some serious audio problems so we're basically doing the same one again (laughs) recycling old data um yeah so uh how's things uh yeah not, not too bad pretty good yeah you know, okay that's good. same old same old I'm nothing terribly new mm-hmm. i'm losing my voice so bear with me i've been yelling at parties for like the last three no- uh, three nights two nights previously two nights yes uh, jesus christ man i'm so buggered <laughs> <laughs> For, uh, for those who don't know, I was at a games conference uh, from Monday through Wednesday, and I just got home last night. And uh, it's funny how, like, just going and hanging out with your mates and checking out some sick games and stuff like that can really take it out of you. But goddamn, I mean, I, I, feel, I really feel for, like, uh, people who do, like, shows like PAX and, and things like that, and they've got to be there for several days, and they've got to be on constantly. You know, there's no downtime. You're always talking to people and stuff like that like it's bad enough when you're just there as a delegate you know um but yeah it must be rough but uh yeah and here we are it's just like there's all the parties and shit you know like you you you're what you're all day you're doing something and then you as soon as you get back to the hotel you got to basically leave again to go to a party where you got to yell over the top of people because there's loud music and everyone's drinking and shit and everyone i seem to know smokes so i think i passively smoke like two packets of cigarettes <laughs> yeah anyway good times good times uh, uh I, oh, <laughs> I shuddered to ask but how's work been <laughs> it's been good it's been all right you know yeah yeah um yeah it's the same old man like just good team comes together in a pinch I won't go that far. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. So I don't know. Maybe we've got some topics, but I might. Let's just talk about. Let's just talk about the conference and what I saw. So for people who don't know, um, the company I work for sends down all of the people who are in the games departments um, down to Melbourne every year for a couple of days to just meet with the suppliers, and they they, you know, one day they'll sit us down and we have what's called the classroom day, which is where each supply gets a lot of amount of time to come in and just blast us with all of their uh, sizzle reels and all the stuff they got coming out. And uh, it's always pretty exciting because we get to see a lot of gameplay for things that, um, you know, we might be the first people in the world to actually see code for and things like that. Uh, or, you know, they'll bring all the stuff out from E3 or, or uh, Gamescom or, or that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty exciting. That's why I tend to stay away from looking at all that stuff you know, leading up to conference because I like to be there su- surprised on the day. <laughs> um, but then the second day, uh, or, you know, the te- technically the third day, uh, we have an interactive day, which is like our own mini E3 where all the suppliers have stands set up and we go from booth to booth and everybody gets to try everything out. There's no queues, there's no customers. Um, we have an allotted amount of time at each station. And so the suppliers may have 15 minutes to just blast us with here's all of the stuff this is why our mouse is better than everyone else's and this is why this game's gonna sell a million units and um you know and 
it's it's all very exciting but there's there were some real standouts man there were some great things i got to play um detroit the new quantic dream game um yeah, that actually that's that, pretty good yeah that, that one game of the show i think um yeah it did okay. yeah so like uh, you know the stack team voted on it and and that's what they've got um uh but yeah it was i mean if you like quantic dream games you're gonna love it it's um it's it's probably not for everybody because it's very slow paced it's a slow burn you know like interacting with the environment and stuff even is is kind of you know we're all commenting that it could actually get a little bit tedious because you know just the simple action of squatting down to pick up something is animated you know <laughs> you know like it'll change camera angles and the dude will squat down and pick it up it's very much like watching an interactive movie but what's good about that obviously is that um it feels like you're in an interactive movie you know um like like any of those games if you, if you played uh heavy rain and things like that it's not much different um but it seems like they're, they're leaning really heavily on the emotional content which is interesting because the um for, well, from what we've seen like the main character is is a an android um one thing that i found really interesting in the demo is you walk in and there's a there's a crime situation currently happening involving an android and a human and so all the SWAT teams there and this helicopter's going around the apartment building and stuff and your character walks in um, as somebody from the company who makes them um, to talk the situation down and control the situation. So he's an android as well. Um, but you walk in and the first thing you're confronted with is a broken fish tank and there's a fish lying on the floor. And so, you know, you can walk past it or you can uh, you can look at it. Um, uh, and it's you're given, you know, these... Uh, you know emotional choices and one of them is to pick up the fish and save the fish or just ignore it right but that brings up this whole quandary of uh as the character is a robot what's compelling him in this narrative to pick up the fish you know like you don't even think about it you go, oh yeah pick up the fish he picks up the fish he looks at it kind of weirdly and he throws it back in the tank and then watches it swim away right but mm -hmm. it's like you get this real blade runner feel because you know that he's been like i mean you obviously created the action but in the character's narrative he's obviously walked over to this fish and made the decision to pick it up and put it back in the tank and you ask yourself why would he do that why what's compelling him to do that and it's just it seems simple um but for some reason i guess the way that they sort of shot it and the camera angles and the way he sort of looked at the fish at least in me it really brought up that sort of interesting argument in my own mind where i'm like holy shit he just did that but why did he do that like a human would do it we understand humans motivations and we go well obviously there's a person who doesn't want to see an animal suffer and they pick it up but it it, it really makes you think how far have they pushed the the ai into you know being sentient and having emotions and things like that and interestingly enough the situation that you're involved in involves one of the androids emotionally being pushed over the edge you know like his his owners have done something to betray him and now he's losing it like like a real person would standing on a ledge holding a hostage you know um and it's just fucking it's really it's a real interesting take on on the android genre and the funny thing is like you're always reminded that the character's not human because they have that weird little you know um rotating light on their temple but also just the way that the character moves is a little bit stiffer. It's a little bit un more uncomfortable to look at, you know, because it looks human, but it's still tripping that uncanny valley kind of vibe where you're sort of going, um, he's obviously not human, 
you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. but not not to anything like it's it's like they've done it in such a way that he, he's not walking like a robot but he's walking like they've really pushed the limits of the mobility technology to the point where it's almost right but it's just not quite right you know yeah it's still a little bit obvious but you, you couldn't put your finger on why you know and uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm really, I'm really cool with that. I think it's going to be a cool game. Um, if you've got the time to invest in sitting down and just playing through it, I guess. Um, but like, I only got, I didn't even get to finish the demo because you wander around and you can analyze, you can pretty much do anything. You walk out straight onto the balcony and confront the guy, but every action you do, it throws up a percentage of, um, success, uh, probability on the screen. And so if you walk straight out there, you might have a 30% chance of, of completing the mission, you know? Um, yeah. but it, if you analyze every time you analyze a, something in the room, that's going to give you ammunition to throw at the guy during the negotiation, you're obvi obviously your chances of survival go up. But at the same time, I spoke to somebody else who just deliberately went out straight onto the balcony with something like a 34% chance of completing the mission, but they still managed to do it by choosing the right things to say, you know, like oh, okay. you, you're given conversational reference points. Um, so you can fluke your way to victory? You absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know if it would be fluke. There's intuition involved because it's, you, you, it gives you pretty broad stroked kind of paths to choose, um, in the, in the way you, you talk, like one of them will be an aggressive approach. One of them will be a compassionate approach and mm -hmm. the animation and the, the character acting and stuff is so good that you can kind of read the situation. And I feel like if you, if you sort of follow along with what your gut instinct would tell you to do in a real world situation, you probably do all right, at least in this scene, you know, um, cause it's emotionally heavy, but again, it's always a gamble because you don't know, cause it's an Android you're talking to. You don't know how it's programmed to react and, and what the deal is like the aggressive approach and telling him, you know, reminding him that he's just a robot and stuff like that. Maybe exactly what you need to do, except in this case, it, it kind of wasn't, you know, you sort of have to appeal to his emotional side because he's having an emotional break. Um, and so it's, again, it's, it's intuition and going on, um, you know, it's really drawing from life experience, which is, is again, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, not everybody's going to know how to negotiate with a, with a hostage. <laughs> um, yeah. but you know, you'll have a pretty good idea because you talk to humans every day, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh. I thought it was really good. Uh, obviously, it's stunning. Um, the interesting thing, though, about Quantic Dream, though, is they they always come out with these insane tech demos that sort of blow everybody's minds, right? And it looks super next-gen. But then they take two years to develop the game. And by that time, everyone else is caught up. And you've got games like Hellblade and games like, um, uh, you know, um, well, pretty, pretty much anything that's sort of photorealistic now with amazing character facial animations and things like that. There's There's, there's several games like that already out, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, like again, um, I'm excited for it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, well, you've, you've got me looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I was looking forward to it before. Like I'm, I love Quantic Dream and their stuff. So yeah, yeah because you like my record, I think, cause yeah, that, that got announced ages ago and yeah. I, it just sort of slipped by the wayside. So now it's back on my radar. I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, uh, you you like games that have strong emo emotional content though, so I, I think like, it's it's. I really like anything early. that has strong emotional content. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm just trying to think. I'll just go through my conference notes here and see what they talked about. So, got to see State of Decay. I finally got to play uh, PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I sucked at it because I parachuted way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and it was awesome because I, I, I landed I landed near a near a farmhouse, and I'm like, oh, I bet there's something in here. I go in there and there's a machine gun and and some clips and shit. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna dominate, and I've I've hit the streets and I'm running like across the fields and shit to try and get to like the battle zone, and it was too far. And then finally, I had like a minute to go, and I realized I'm running towards a river. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I can't cross the <laughs> fucking river. Um, and then some chick behind me goes, oh, there's probably going to be a boat there. And sure enough, there's a boat. But there was no time. Like, I was just like, nah. Yeah. That was my one shot at it. But I can see, like, even just based on what I did there, I was excited about the process. So, you know, it must be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I just wish I had time to invest Again. in something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what else? Didn't really see much of Sea of Thieves. Got to see a little bit of Crackdown, but not not too much. Um, I saw an Xbox One X in the wild, and they weren't running games on it. <laughs> they were showing you Correct. menus and shit like that, like the new menus for the the, the next uh, Xbox One dashboard upgrade. We saw all that. Yeah. But I'm like, that's cool and everything, but I really would have liked to have seen Forza Seven. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, player unknown. Player unknown is going to be exclusively Xbox um, mm-hmm. on console. Um, I got to play. It actually. Oh forget, my god! Forget I said anything. That's not supposed to be announced yet. Um, <laughs> I may have to actually chop that out of the video. <laughs> 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 Fuck. All right. <laughs> Rewind. Go. We take two. I played another game which I can't talk about. Um, <laughs> Friday the 13th, uh, looks pretty cool. Um, uh, Vampire, have you heard of that game? Friday the 13th? No, Vampire. Oh, Vampire, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they just had a fucking sick trailer for that, and I thought it was cool. Um, Strange Brigade, uh, yeah, we'll see about that one. It looks like a maybe a co-op, or at least a team strategy game, but it's set in like exploration era Africa you know like there's like a explorers with hats and shit um that was pretty cool I got to play Far Cry 5 yeah you know the old school you know (laughs) explorers with the funny two way hats (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I fight anyway (laughs) god damn um uh Sometimes the the smallest thing just amuses me. <laughs> Explorers with hats. Um, all right, I'm gonna. I'm just trying to. Sorry, I'm just trying to map out how I'm gonna draw this scene. Oh, oh my um, god! Can we make uh, that like a TV show or something? <laughs> Explorers with hats. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I got to play Far Cry Five, and I was actually really fucking impressed by it, man. Um, it's uh. Well, first of all, like the enemies are interesting because it's just Midwestern American hick fucking cultists, which is really yeah. cool. Um, and uh, there, were, I mean, the, one thing I liked about it, like I actually got to play Call of Duty World War Two, right? And mm-hmm. Call of Duty is one of those games you're either good at or you're really fucking bad at. And I'm, I just happen to be really fucking bad at it, and it makes me think that I can't play shooters, you know. Um, 
there's just something about it. Every time, before I even see an enemy, I'm getting shot, you know, and things like that. Whereas, uh, I found Far Cry to just be way more balanced. Like, the, the, the actual gunplay and the action, it just seems more realistic, or at least realistic from the perspective of, like, a movie, you know? Where, yeah. if, you, if you just blast in the general direction of somebody with an Uzi, you're going to hit them. You may not kill them, but you're going to hit them. And that's the point of an Uzi, right? It's not super pinpoint. Um, and, uh, you know, whereas with you got a handgun, you'll have to take four or five shots at them on the run before you might land a hit, you know? It's, um, there was something about the way that it all flows and the, and the action, and it, it makes you feel like a fucking badass when you go down. Like, the mission you got to play was you and a chick who's a, like a militia kind of sniper. Um, you descend on this town that's been overrun by the bad guys, uh, and they've claimed the town and you got to claim it back. So you got to kill everyone in town. And when you do, the people start coming back and onboarding the shops and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, the first thing you do is you, you sort of go to this tower and get a bit of overwatch sort of set up where you can target, uh, all the enemies in town with the sniper. And then when you pull the right trigger, you know, when you're down in the town in the action, if you've got somebody giving you shit, you can light them up and uh, command your sniper to take them out and things like that. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, you know, it's, that's not a completely new sort of philosophy, but in this kind of game where there's bullets flying everywhere and it's, you're running from building to building and jump, you can jump in a car and run a prick over and all that sort of stuff. It really delivers, man. It really does. Like, there's a scene where you can jump in a combine harvester and just run down like three dudes. <laughs> and it's, and it's, as, all right. it's, it's as fucking gruesome as it, as it seems. But it's not, that's not like, um, like part of the narrative that's just it was there and you go hey maybe i can drive this over some people you know um you can also uh at one, the, another scene that you could play was where uh, a, a buddy of yours's farm's been overrun or whatever and you you use his crop duster which for some reason i guess because america has machine guns and rocket launchers on it and you got to go around blowing up their silos um because the silos are where they're storing all of their explosives and stuff like that um but uh, but for some reason you get involved in a dogfight, so there's that extra element. Like, they've had aerial vehicles in Far Cry for a while, but having, like, a an actual crop duster doing, like, you know, shootouts with a an old World War II fighter plane, you know what I mean? Like, it was pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that one. I really am. And I've, I've liked all of them. I didn't, I mean, I didn't engage as much with number four, but number three I definitely put in the fucking man hours, you know. Um, yeah, but it looks rich. There's a lot to do. Oh, and there's a doggo. You got a dog and he's fucking awesome. Um, he, he can go and collect weapons and shit like that. Like he'll go knock a guy down and grab his gun and bring it back to you <laughs> and shit like that. Um, and you can pat him. Like we're, we're watching the classroom day and they had it up on the big screen and the dog comes over and starts licking the screen and you're patting him and shit. And, uh, the dude next to me goes, sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was that was cool. And getting to play it on um, Wednesday and also at the party on the Ubisoft party the night before was uh, really good. Plus, you can do like hunting and fishing and all that sort of stuff in there, like all the Far Cry games. Um, and the fishing is actually kind of fun. Like that's that's one of the things everybody was going to the river to fish because the um, the Ubisoft guy was talking about um, uh, like he he's caught the biggest fish in all of the Ubisoft um, locations. They have like a running competition 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, one of the girls um, was on there for 45 minutes trying to beat him at the party and she finally quit and gave up and then my friend Sarah got on there and four minutes later she caught the biggest fish that they've ever seen <laughs> you know so there's there's a lot you know it's another one of those games where you could genuinely make up games within the engine you know like like uh, um, Grand Theft Auto or something like that yeah but um it's yeah I'm excited for that one for sure it's uh, uh, one thing I've noticed with like games oh, hello is like anything that has the sort of fishing side thing that you can do yeah is better than actual fishing games yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and this really is. <laughs> no one can make a fishing game to save their life, but yeah. you put a little fucking side in a bigger game. The best thing ever. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm getting a lot of choppy mics with you, man. Yeah, I was getting it for a bit there too. Yeah, it sort of comes and goes, but anyway, we'll push through because that's what we do, yeah. <laughs> except for last time. <laughs> Um, I guess probably some of the big news that's come out, you know, comic book related wise in the last few weeks is the sale of Miller World or Malar World, I should say. Um, and uh, I think we talked about this a little bit last time, but um, that excites me because there's a chance of Chrononauts becoming a TV show and I'm fucking way into that. Um, this, this, Like, it's one of my favorite comic books, man. It's, uh, you know... Obviously, uh, Sh uh, Sean Murphy is doing the art, which is obviously the selling point for me, but the story is just fucking amazing. And if they keep the tone, if they do make a show out of it on Netflix and they keep the tone of it, it's going to be fucking cool. Because you've got these two protagonists who are yeah, really it, antagonists. It could be like a massive hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, these two dudes are just fucking up history because it's fun. And they're not the bad guys. <laughs> you know? Like, they send Tommy Lee Jones after them to fucking take these dudes down you know um but yeah like I'm, I'm stoked about that um are there any other properties like I, I i'm not a i'm trying to think there's obviously reborn they could do but i don't know if that was part of the deal um what else is my Hark. Hark? yeah 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 that's uh, i haven't read that but everybody oh there you go it's right on the back page there um i haven't read it but uh, a lot of people love that um uh, yeah, so I'd be I'd be interested to watch that, so I don't have to read the comic. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I was always the guy who got the cliff notes. Technically, <laughs> um, they could do like a kick-ass TV series or, or wanted. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what was the first one? Yeah. Sorry, what, what was the first uh, kick -ass. one? Oh, kick ass. Oh, kick. Oh no, that's not part of it. I think anything that's already been licensed out wasn't part of the deal. Oh. Yeah, because he's already sold the property for that, you know. Um, but yeah, fair yeah. Um, I, I obviously immediately uh, tweeted Sean Murphy and asked him whether or not there was a chance of this, and I, um, I just got a like, <laughs> so I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Well, that's that's exciting. I'm I'm totally cool about that. You saw Atomic Blonde, right? Yes, I did. How was it? Hello. Hello. 
Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, how was the Tony Bloom? It was, uh, it was good. Mm -hmm. It was um, very stylized. Like I, very, I, very, I like the the style of the movie. Um, the, the plot is nowhere near original. Um, it's a Cold War Germany. Like, you know, okay. <laughs> I think there's about six Bond movies that have the same plot. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the action was good. There yeah. actually wasn't a hell of a lot of action. Yeah, I heard it was, that. Yeah. It was, um, it, there was a the Daredevil fight scene in season one. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, there, was a, there was a fight scene that kind of felt like that. It just it kept going and it was just brutal. Yeah, the, think... the the people fighting just looks so fucking tired by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. Was it in a hallway? I feel like you got to have a hallway fight scene. Yeah, it's <laughs> to be a staple now. <laughs> we if Dead Devil did it. Now everyone's like, oh fuck, we have to do this now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think they probably got that from Old Boy, but you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's always a, there's always an origin point, you know. But um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah, like I noticed that even even in the defenders, they 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 had to do the big fucking hey everybody's involved in a giant scrap sort of um, yeah, situation, yeah. you know. But hey, who can blame them? It, it fucking works, right? Yeah, if it's done right. Yeah. Um. Uh, did you see the War for the Planet of the Apes? I've got it written down yes, there, but I, I wasn't sure if we were just going to talk about the trailer back then or what. Um. Okay. Uh, how was that? Um, I remember, to be honest, like, it's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Yeah. Okay, it's, so... It's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, yeah we've got to get our act together more. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've also got to fix this fucking it audio problem. You. It's killing yeah. me. But, um, yeah, it, it, hits you, it hits you emotionally pretty hard. Okay, cool. Again, like there's a lot less action than what is, than what you may be led to believe. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, definitely more of a drama. Yeah, right. Uh, an actual war movie. One thing I've I've always sort of wondered about, like, um, that show is that they've somehow always been able to maintain really great quality animations for the apes. You know, I don't remember a single scene in any of the movies where I didn't buy into it, you know? Mm. And, and and it's it, that's that's huge, considering, the, like, major movies often, they'll they'll have fuck-ups in their CGI from time to time. Um, I think, obviously, it's, it's, it's vitally important that the audience relates to the apes. Um, yeah. And so they've got to nail it, you know? If, if, if there's, the, again, if there's that, um, what's it called, uh... Uh, uncanny valley kind of situation going on um, the audience won't buy into it that's that's actually part of the problem I had with King Kong it, it didn't feel like Kong was relatable it was this big cartoon character like you know um, yeah. and, and, and and as beautiful as it was to watch and brilliant as it was and the animation was fantastic for some reason I didn't relate to him you know whereas yeah. Caesar you relate to like a fucking motherfucker you know because I guess maybe because you've been there you, 
you've been there for you know with him throughout the whole thing i think that's part of it as well you know you've seen him develop into who he is as a as a leader and stuff like that what's that uh. okay i'm losing you again man shit yeah i watched you for a while too yeah um yeah, but uh, I'm definitely keen to see that. I just gotta—I'll probably get it on video on demand or some shit, because um, it's—it yeah, definitely seems worth my time. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, yeah, Hellblade. I think we've talked. Did we talk about that on an actual show that went live, or just last week? Uh, I—I I don't know. Oh my god, because last last week last that long we were sort of we sort of gave up pretty quick yeah yeah um i think i did talk about it okay yeah either way it's another one of these games i've fucking got to get into um it looks sensational um oh i got to see uh, oh sorry go on hello (laughs) sorry what's that Oh, no, no, it's all good. You, you, go, go. Yeah, no, I got to see uh, a little bit of, um, what's it called? Uh, God of War. Uh, You know, some supplementary stuff, like behind the scenes in the, um, uh, you know, in the mocap studio and some stuff like that. Uh, And a little bit of insight into what you see in the trailer that everyone's seen, you know, where the big water creature comes down and talks to them and stuff like that. Um, which was, which was fucking cool. Cause that game looks like it's going to be the, the shit, you know? Um, um, so, but so they're actually still making it like that. It's not, <laughs> it hasn't disappeared. No, no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and I didn't know this, but the, um, oh, I think, I don't know the actor's name. He's, he's a, the guy playing Kratos is this black guy who was in, um, Atlantis or whatever. What's that? Um, Stargate Atlantis you know that mm. really big black guy with the big lips he, he used to have like a, a thing on his forehead like a, a, a marking uh, I think that was SG-1 wasn't it maybe it was I don't know I didn't watch the series series um, but yeah like that um, yeah like he, he's just got an amazing voice dude he's <laughs> just yeah. like you know um but uh, yeah, like it was, it was cool to watch, and and you, you know the way that they were talking about, particularly that big sea monster, um, and how the character of that sea monster relates to the to the plot, because um, essentially, he's when you get to that point in the game, you can't understand him. You have to unlock Kratos' ability to understand ancient languages and stuff like that. Um, and then what that creature says to you makes sense. Cause I think in the trailer they give up that he's, the kid says something like, oh, he's here to help us. You know, he, it wasn't, he's not trying to attack us or whatever. Um, but I think in, in the actual gameplay, you don't sort of come to that conclusion at that point, you know, um, and th- things like that. So it's kind of cool. Um, I'm definitely, definitely excited to see that come to life. Cause it's, it looks phenomenal. You know, and the acting, like the the little bit of like acting on set and stuff that we saw, um, looks really hardcore as well, like really deep. Um, 
both like the child and and the the main actor are just doing a phenomenal job um like again deeply emotional connections and stuff like that and and in a way that's funny because kratos isn't willing to develop an emotional connection you know again you, you sort of mm. see that from the trailer you know he's he's kind of he doesn't know how to deal with this kid um which is interesting it kind of reminded me of the relationship between um uh ellie and um uh who's it joel joel that's it i was thinking josh i'm like surely they didn't call him josh <laughs> um, um yeah joel yeah uh it's it's a bit like that you know like he doesn't know how to deal with being responsible for this kid you know um yeah and stuff which is i thought was an interesting dynamic to be honest um being that it's actually his son you know or at least i believe it is um i'm trying to think what else i saw that you might be interested in um oh my god dude got to play south park at the booth we played it last year if you remember correctly in fact it was today a year ago it came up on my messenger notifications um i got to play the the nozulus rift which was a marketing gimmick for the game um and holy shit did that suck well this year we got to play a different level of the game and okay so let me let me let me set it up properly for you um oh my god all right here we go in the in the ubisoft sizzle reel uh-huh. they came out and they're like well, all right we're going to talk about south park and they played this video of a guy kind of it, it reminded me of a video like um like an achievement hunter video where they just had a webcam or something watching a computer station in an office where you know like at the development office and they've obviously mm-hmm. brought in some aussie guy i don't know if he's a gamer or a journalist or something but he's sitting he's probably someone fucking massively famous i've just i just don't know who it is but he's sitting there with the developers and he's running through they're just showing him some shit and they just did a super cut of him going what the fuck this dudes there's there is no way that this is going to get through classification this is in australia this is never going to get classified and it's just a super cut of him saying it like 20 times he's just just getting his mind blown going nope nope <laughs> you guys are out of your fucking minds if you think this is going to make it you know um and uh and then it just cuts to a black screen it's like you know r18 fully classified you know you know no censorship no, they fucking, it took them like a year of negotiations, but they managed to get everything through. And let me tell you about this demo that I played, right? You play the new kid, right? And you're part of like Cartman's gang, you know, the coon, they're like the superhero squad sort of thing. And you go to this strip club <laughs> to, get, to get information out of these businessmen, right? Because you know that they're there and they go in um, and the plan is to try and get a stripper to take them in the back and give them a lap dance so that they can um get the guys drunk and get them to talk right so you walk around you talk to all the strippers and they're all there they got their titties out and shit it's really <laughs> cutting and they're all doing like really all skanky right. really skanky stripper moves and you know just the stuff and you walk up to them as a, like a like a, what an eight-year-old and you go uh hey you know something ask him about the lap dance or something and you know they'll say shit like oh aren't you a little young to be in here and stuff and you know blah 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 so eventually you sort of give up you, you ask everybody and nothing happens so you go meet up with the, <laughs> the other character i think it's it, it's actually different for each playthrough because it seemed like someone else was talking to token or something but the, the character that you're hanging out with is a guy called captain diabetes <laughs> 
Okay. That's his superpower. And he's this weird, sickly looking kid with like oily hair. <laughs> um, but, you know, so you fall back and you go, oh, I asked everybody and I couldn't get it to work. And they go, all right, well, so we're going to have to do this ourselves. So they meet up with these two drunk guys. <laughs> and they're like, these two dudes are talking about going, oh my God, these are the ugliest strippers I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, I'll take the one with the speech impediment. <laughs> And so you have to give these two eight-year-old boys have to give these two grown fucking drunk businessmen a lap dance and you physically do it. Like it's like a rhythm game. And so you're sitting on the dude's lap and you got to turn the thing to grind. <laughs> and then they do the thing where you sort of stand up on his shoulder and you wave your butt in his face, like, like twerking and shit. And you got to tap the button, you know, and the whole time the dialogue is just fucking just disturbing as fuck. Right. Because you can't take that situation and be like, mm, yeah, no, I, I can see where this is going. This, this is a, I can put a positive spin on this. It's dark as fuck. And um, eventually you sort of get the information out of the guys. <laughs> Once the meter peaks out, if you get, if you get my drift, you, uh, you know, you get, and then they sort of, come, hey, wait, you know, one of the guys goes, this is the last time I use a high class $20 stripper. <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to uh, fight them, and that's when the battle mechanic kicks in, and it's like turn-based strategy kind of. You got spells to cast and all that sort of shit. Um, you got you know yeah. one of those things where you move like three squares, and then you got to cast a spell, and then they can hit you back, and you know. But the whole time, like you're fighting these guys, they're just not taking you seriously because you're just a bunch of kids, you know. But they just eventually, they don't die or anything they just sort of just get sick of the shit and just you know just be like all right we'll tell you what you need to know you know just you just stop doing this bullshit um but it's it's just messed up you know and like you know the, like when you're doing the twerking and shit like every time he shakes his butt it farts and so the guy's going oh my god you're killing my boner <laughs> you know? it's just like it, it's just it's disturbing to say the least you know um but again God. it's made it through classification and my argument would be if the show on tv there's no they would do that in the show and no one would be surprised but because it's a game and it's interactive for some reason it requires a high level of classification and that game would have got um uh it, it, i mean it, uh, the episode would have gone through as ma15 so i don't know why a game even though you're pressing the buttons it's still just the same visuals and everything suddenly warrants an yeah. R18 rating, you know? Um, but then again, <laughs> you got, you know, two, two young boys giving drunk businessmen lap dances. It's, it just pushes the limits, you know? Um, but yeah, like every, everybody was just walking away from there, shaking their heads going, that was a fucking experience, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean that that game sort of fell off my radar. Like I, I it's been pushed struggling back. to care about it now because it's just been mm. times and yeah. There's all these other quality fucking games coming out that I'm just like, all right, if you're not gonna release it when you say you will, I'm just gonna be playing other shit. So yeah, but it's just something to be said for not releasing an incomplete game, you know. Um, but. but if it's incomplete why announce it like three years before you fucking release it yeah yeah like well the good news is i think they're releasing you know how you get um stick of truth with it i think they're going to actually release the uncensored version of that too so although having oh, wow. said that a lot of people had a lot of um fun with the fact that it was censored you know like it was that that was part yeah, of the like it actually helped it sell 
yeah, the the censoring itself turned out to be quite funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's how you deal with this shit. You know, you just come up with a way of making it work for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but it's one of those things. If it comes out on the right week, where there's not a hundred other things out that are really good, um, it might be, it might do okay. <laughs> But um, it looks like it does actually look like a lot of fun. It's like an episode of South Park that just goes for way longer, you know. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and, on the opposite end of the spectrum, from the same company, while you were away, Mario and Rabbids came out. Yes. In fact, the same company, right? And so I'm standing there at the booth after yeah. just playing South Park, and I'm looking at the chick, and she's telling me how it all works and stuff. I go, you know, this is this is essentially just the South Park game for like kids right it's exactly the same it's it's turn-based strategy with open world exploration in, in between um have you played it yeah 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 what do you think uh, i love it i mm. it's fun as hell yeah um, i i actually funnily enough i didn't get hands-on with it I, I was just too busy watching other people play um because i figured yeah. i'd probably end up getting it anyway but um it was uh uh I, yeah like it, it seems like it still requires a fair amount of strategy. It doesn't look like it's an easy game. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it's no XCOM. Like that's yeah. the game it's most like. Mm -hmm. um, XCOM is very complex with a lot of strategies and stuff you can do. Yeah. And with, in terms of like chances of hitting an enemy with your weapon, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. With yeah. with Mario and Rabbids, it's essentially a flip of a coin because like you got your cover. Yep. Full cover. If an enemy's behind full cover, you're not going to hit them. You got a zero percent chance. Right. Okay. If they're behind half cover, then you got a fifty percent chance. And if there's no cover, you got a hundred percent chance. So it's essentially a flip of a coin. Right. Behind half cover. Okay. Otherwise, it's all or nothing. Wait, is that? Um, but is having that said a... that. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, what? Well, having said that, there are different things you can do. I think movement is a lot more then you may be led to believe because you can do damage, go back to where you were, shoot them, stuff like that. Like I, I've actually managed to combo me running into one of my characters who launches me into the air. Mm -hmm. I jump on an enemy, I run into another enemy and then I shoot one of the guys and like I can kill a full health character in one turn with one character. Yeah, so that's right. The, so, the potential to do crazy shit is there. If your it's just, movement, it's not. Yeah, it's not XCOM levels of holy shit. <laughs> but so your, your movement, um, uh, if if in your movement phase, if you run through another character on another square, it, it causes damage, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so you can sort of if you if you're um, smart, like clever enough, you can actually cause damage before it's even time for your hit sort of uh action yeah exactly like right. you can you you basically have three actions every turn you got your movement your weapon and your ability yep. and you can use them in any order you want so right. you can use your ability then run around do whatever and then shoot or use your weapon or you can you know use your weapon move use your ability yeah the idea. and okay. you can and you, and you have three characters so you can ability move another character shoot with another one and then 
sort of you know the the she's insane realizing this now as i'm talking about it yeah. um because like you know i've done some pretty i've played XComs and, and stuff like that and i'm used to the whole strategizing and looking at how best i can do this mm-hmm. yeah th- this is just different enough that it feels new to me okay yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah tell you what I'll, I'll bring it in I'll, I'll play a bit in front of you so you can cool yeah, like, yeah. Ba- basically like every every fight you're in you get rated yeah you see like you know how well you did and it's basically whether if all of your characters survived mm-hmm. and by survive I mean didn't get knocked out no one dies yeah fair enough <laughs> and if you finish the battle in a certain number of turns yeah and I've done I think 15 or 16 fights and out of those I've gotten perfect for all of them except two right okay can you go back and replay the levels and try it again definitely yeah yeah right okay. the, the, the rabbits build a little time machine for you so you can go back in time. <laughs> the rabbits are fucking cool man um no, on, I, I, I've hated them for years but like they're, they're actually pretty funny in this they They've made me laugh a few times. Yeah, no, they they they're clowns, dude. They're like it's literally. I honestly guarantee you, Ubisoft has gotten like um, you know, like Cirque du Soleil clowns or something like that to uh, help with the animation and stuff like that because they're so remarkably precise in their slapstick. You know, like yeah. in, 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 in yeah. all the videos and the animations and stuff like that, it looks like every time I've ever been to a Cirque show, they always have, um, you know, there's always a clown um, mm. or, or a group of clowns that mimic what the talent is doing throughout the show as a joke. Like they'll come out while they're setting up something else. You get the clowns come out and they'll just fuck with the audience or do whatever. But they always pretend to be the, uh, you know, the, the, the main stars of the show. And just yeah. without saying anything, you know, just making dumb noises or just saying the occasional phrase, they'll just have everybody in stitches. And it's an, it's a true talent, you know. And and I, when I when I watch the Rabbids, I get that same impression. It's no surprise that like Ubisoft's a French company, and a lot of really great clowning talent comes out of France, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, like uh, the the sizzle reel video for that that they showed us, we're all pissing ourselves laughing because of those stupid Rabbids. Um, yeah, they're they're legit funny. Like yeah. they're they're cracking me up. Funny thing is, like I, the gaming community hate the rabbits. Like they're just you know, oh, they're they're annoying little fucks. Yeah, like, but that's if their you child. Think about it, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. But like, if same people show them the Minions movie and they'll laugh their ass off because like yeah. the rabbits and the Minions are exactly the same. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Except the rabbits were there first. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, go on social media, it's all, all minions, you see. Yeah. Um, just on Mario, the other one I got to play, actually, hands-on, for quite a while, because Nintendo had a booth with three stations, um, but it was literally just a bunch of Switches, uh, and uh, Switches plugged into TVs and Switches Switch consoles, just running Odyssey. And... Um, 
Mario Odyssey. And because it was three stations, you literally got to stay there for three rotations, um, which is 10 to 15 minutes at a time. So I I probably played it for about half an hour. Um, And it's fucking good, man. It's really good. It reminded me of Mario 64, obviously, because it's, you know, 3D open world. Um, But we got to play two levels. There's a sand level and there's the city level. And honestly, I thought from all the promos and stuff that the city level was going to be um, a hub world. So you go from there. Because I remember it's very, it reminded me of the Sonic game that used to be on Dreamcast, which was a 3D open world adventure as well. But um, the the city was the hub and you'd jump into the train station and you'd go to another level or you'd go, you know, through portals or whatever. But it's not, it's it's actually a a stage. Um, And what was amazing is in the half an hour I sat there, we were all sitting around the table just comparing what we were doing and we we're all coming up with new interesting things to do in this relatively small play zone you know like mm. at one point you'd come across a guy who's just near the park he's got a little little track set up and he's playing a radio controlled car and you can throw your hat at him and become that guy and you control the car and drive it through this maze and get uh, a, a moon like you collect moons throughout the game um, mm. or something as simple as there was a manhole cover and I was just throwing my hat around and accidentally hit it and you became the manhole cover. And so I, you, all you can really do is just shuffle it out of the way of the manhole and then you yeah. you can jump down the manhole and there's a whole extra bonus stage down there. Or um, you go to the park and you find this rocket and you jump in the rocket and you get shot up into and you land on the top of the tallest building. And again, there's a, there's a bonus round sort of uh, mini game up there. And, you know, we're all just discovering these weird little quirky um like bonus, <coughs> bonus zones and and things like that just by dicking around on the stage um yeah. and you know that like that that levels kind of plays a little bit different to to your typical ones but the desert level was quintessentially mario like open world mario it's like you're used to um with all the tropes that you expect like those weird mud pillars that come up and you can jump off them and things like that or um you can throw your hats at the big bullets. I, I, I don't know the names of them. You know, bullet bills. Yeah, bullet bills. And and so you can steer them. You know, you become that character and you can sort of collect rings you normally wouldn't be able to get to or you can traverse zones that you normally wouldn't be able to get across. Um, there's all these awesome scenes where you go up to a wall and there's like a little box sort of um, pipe in the wall and you, you go into the pipe and suddenly you become like graffiti on the wall and you play 2D Mario, like, you know, smashing boxes and stuff like that, and <laughs> dodging building balls. But it's actually a method of traversing your way up that wall to get over the wall. You know, so you got to jump on all of the platforms and stuff like 2D Mario. Um, and that happens a few times. There's one that goes all the way around a giant pillar that's less, like a circular pillar. So you got to work your way up the level as a 2D character um and things like that it's and it works seamlessly like when you pop out of the roof you're 3d again you know and stuff like that it's really clever um but yeah like it's it's one of those games where oh first of all the speedrunners are gonna fucking love it but um if you take your time with it you know you could literally put i mean depending on how many levels there are you could put hundreds of hours into it just exploring all the nooks and crannies and getting all of the bits and pieces and um, yeah, you know, like, like any good Mario game, there's no, they didn't, they, they spared no expense. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the the what? 
Nintendo, but a lot of a lot, the Switch. Oh yeah. Like I feel like so far, a lot of the games that have been put onto the Switch have just been made with a lot of love. Exactly. A lot of passion. Yeah, yeah. Like there's not a hell of a lot out, but what's out just seems to be yeah, like made with people made by people that genuinely care about making a fun game yeah i tend to agree with that absolutely um it's sort of shaping up if they if they maintain this intensity it's shaping up to be a real contender for pound for pound the best console you know because yeah easy yeah because one it's got the advantage of you can play it literally anywhere with more than one player without carrying heaps, yeah. heaps of accessories um it's uh it seems like so far there hasn't really been any games that weren't didn't have redeeming qualities you know like i mean i haven't played Bomberman, but i've played pretty much everything else you know um you can you can pretty much pick up anything and enjoy it you know uh and then uh, you've got serious games coming like skyrim and stuff like that like i saw a little bit of gameplay of that i didn't oh, not in person but on sizzle reel um and it looks great and plus you can they they do little things that that just blow your mind like you can use the amiibo to bring the master sword into skyrim and and yeah. tunics and shit like that like you can basically play as link in skyrim which is just like the, how are those two worlds a thing you know but sure yeah. enough you fucking the the dude pulls out his sword and it's the master sword and you're looking at it going holy shit this is first person zelda you know um oh. which is just freaking awesome um i would, I would love to see software do ports of the dark souls games onto the switch oh yeah yeah they could totally do it i don't know i don't there's no reason why they couldn't short of they might be terrified of the market you know i heard rumors that the the guys over there were actually fucking with the nintendo switch and uh really and the the game seems to so well, it's, it's one of those things where you think, like, you put that hardware in anyone's hands, they're going to be impressed by it. So it's not one of those things where mm. developers are going to look at it and go, you know, I really don't want to make it, this is really gimmicky, the controls are kind of lame, you know. Um, it's, you can see potential in it, you know, and that's going to provide more incentive for people to make games for it. Not to mention the fact that it's looking like it's going to outsell the Wii you know yeah um which is no mean feat dude because everybody had a fucking wii you know um mm. so I, i'm i'm hoping that they they maintain this intensity and don't go the way of the vita you know but even when the vita came out i don't remember as much hype about it as what's been going on with the switch other than the fact you'd show it to someone and they go wow the graphics are amazing that's pretty much it you know <laughs> you know yeah. um and i think i feel like there's already more amazing games on the switch than there ever was on the on the vita you know like there was a handful of good ones over time but we're talking the switch what when did the switch come out it's what six six months three old. four months ago yeah yeah whatever it is yeah like it's it's already leaps and bounds ahead of other consoles that have come and gone you know um so yeah and and again once they start sort of everybody sees potential in doing ports I can't see why they couldn't release a bunch of old classic Dreamcast games on there. You know, they're doing things like they're bringing Crazy Taxi and things to iOS. Why the fuck wouldn't you bring it to Switch as a download? 
I mean, it can't be that hard to port across. It's got a big, beautiful screen for the colorful graphics and stuff. <clears throat> um, any games in the past that have been good split-screen co-op games, or, or even yeah. just co-op games, um, you know, if I was a developer, I'd be really excited about it. Not just going, oh, I wonder if these are going to work, you know. And now's the time to get into it, because there aren't that many fucking games. <laughs> Bring your game out now, so you, people are like, fuck, I need something to play. There's something I can download, you know. Just makes sense. Oh, here we go. This is this is an article from nine months ago. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> I was Googling. I'm curious now. Um, nine months ago, there was a leak that came out and precursor. It's like from the rumors that the Switch is getting a Mario Raving Rabbits crossover RPG. That's how old this fucking article is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, accurate so far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where is it? A sources that claim from software has developed a Nintendo Switch port for Dark Souls 3 and that the critically claimed action RPG is that a level of performance from software is happy with. Wow. From software is currently discussing the financial viability of releasing all three Dark Souls games on the Nintendo Switch complete with all their DLC. Fuck. I hope they're not freaking out because the, you know, because it's a, I mean, it's a Nintendo product. People associate that with kids. Because most mm. kids don't have switches. It's mostly adults, you know, or, or they're worried that, you know, people who buy a switch at a market that the market is sort of cornered for, you know, I, I don't think that's their, their issue. Cause like it keeps going. It's like before the developer commits to this though, it wants to see initial sales data. Mm. There's a report. <clears throat> it's understandable. The developer will want to proceed with caution given that even Nintendo investors are unsure the games will flock to stores to pick up the new console. So, yeah, this is like before the Switch came out. So, based on the sales, you could almost say that it's going to probably be a foregone conclusion. Like, if, like if, if, if the leaks are anything to go by, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you were waiting for sales data, there hasn't been any better evidence that it's going to sell than the fact that it's been selling like fucking crazy. You know, I mean, yeah. the biggest yeah. problem they've got, maybe the problem they've got at the moment is that every time I look on Reddit or I look on, you know, the internet anywhere Americans are complaining they can't get their hands on switches maybe so maybe that's it like we, we're pretty spoiled here in Australia where we've got more consoles than we've got demand for at the moment um, not by much yeah. like we sell out pretty consistently but we're not like widespread fucking sellouts across the nation yeah yeah we're not we're not constantly out we're not constantly taking orders yeah like if we if we don't have one then Wetherill Park probably does <laughs> you know what I mean um, yeah 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 um, but it's uh, uh that'd be interesting dude and and, and if, if that happens then i'm sure that'll open the floodgates because i feel like if they if back then they'd already looked at it and developed a working port it can't be that hard yeah. because they, they wouldn't have invested all that time and money into doing a complicated port if it was going to be a pain in the ass to yeah. do because then i'd probably i'd probably release a trilogy pack yeah sell it for like 150 bucks or something there yeah. you go Oh, dude, fucking 89, whatever. Like, people will buy it because they're stinging for... If they've already got that developed and they could release it tomorrow, think about mm. jumping the gun and beating um, uh, Skyrim? Skyrim, yeah. Because that's the big serious game everyone's waiting for, right? You know, if you could bring out yeah. Dark Souls first, you might you might just jump the gun. Unless like, they're going to wait for Skyrim and be like, see how that does. It's a possibility too, yeah. 
Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, you know, I've I've played all three Dark Souls. I love them to death. Yeah. If if they came out on the Switch, I'd fucking buy them again. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right on. Um really sitting on my computer on Steam but play Dark Souls anywhere. That's yeah. fucking great. Well, I mean, that's the whole point behind um uh, Skyrim that everyone's excited about because yeah. you don't have to spend your whole life sitting in a fucking, you know, your bedroom. You can l- legitimately mm-hmm. You know, still have a life and play Skyrim on the bus on the way to fucking work and shit. You know, um, which uh, I think is why Zelda works so well too. Yeah. Well, I mean, when was the last time you've ever heard of me putting seventy hours into a fucking game? Yeah, like I'd catch you fucking before work, during lunch, after work, sitting down and playing fucking Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's no, pretty crazy. Um, and uh, and that's part of the. Like, I don't think anybody expects that when they buy the Switch, but that's definitely one of the benefits of getting one, you know, is that ability to um, just play it anywhere. You, you realize after a while, yeah. fuck, I can't believe I've put 80 hours into this shit. Um, but you don't feel like you've got... You, you're not saying, oh, fuck, I can't believe I put 80 hours into this shit. I could have been doing something else because you're only ever playing it when, you, when you're not doing something else, you know? But yeah. it all adds yeah. up. It's like it's like it's like doing like eating healthy. You know, you sort of like if you if you do it in moder- <laughs> if you do it in moderation, but it's just enough. Suddenly you look down, and you've lost weight, and you go, "Shit!" You know, I didn't have to diet, but I'm skinny. You know, um, it's the same yeah. thing. It's like I I'm, I get frustrated by gaming because I don't have the time to put in that everyone else does. I'm always busy doing something, um, and yeah. so I feel like I miss a lot of quality games. But I mean, like I said, I put seventy hours into and I never even finished Zelda like I but I feel satisfied that I got my money's worth out of it for sure you know mm-hmm. um, I can finish it yeah probably yeah I, again it's it, I, I, I'm, I'm too distracted I got a lot of other things going on but um yeah. there's no reason not to you know like I feel like it's something that I'll probably get around to at some point because uh, honestly when I bought the game I didn't expect to put as much time into it as I did um, so there's every chance that I'll find time to, to start again and, and do it, but, um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, like you said that you, you are, you are literally at the end of resident evil seven and you haven't done it yet. And that yeah. was like a year ago. It <laughs> yes. feels like a year ago. Yeah. But again, if I'm going to finish it, I want to finish it in VR and pulling out the VR setup and getting it all working and, and everything just to play the last 20 minutes of a game. And, and not to mention, there's always something new to play on the VR as well. Like, every time I pull it out, it's because I'm playing a new game. Yeah. Um, or at least trying a new game, I should say. Oh, um, oh, just do it, man. It's like fucking 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I got the gist. It's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, I, it's... I, I have to ask as well, while, while you were away... Yeah. Do you have any sugar? Oh, Dude, I only had sugar. Conference, oh, man. So I, much for that. Bad. Honestly, I, I feel like it's part of the reason that I'm I'm um, feeling like shit, to be honest. Because you know, you go there and like breakfasts. Obviously, we're all right because it's buffet, so you can just have like eggs and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but morning tea comes along, and the only thing to eat is uh, muffins and shit. And so mm. you go, oh, I'll have a muffin. And then lunchtime comes along, and, and again, it's just junky sort of... Like, don't get me wrong, it was gourmet stuff, but most of the gourmet stuff I looked at, I and mean, there's no way I'm eating that shit, you know? Um, 
Because I feel like they've defined gourmet wrong. Gourmet should mean bland. Because, <laughs> like, I can't... They'll, they'll, they'll take an awesome, like, a chicken wrap, right? And they'll make this gourmet chicken wrap with Rocket and all this stuff in it, which I'm fine with. But then they'll stuff half an avocado in there, and I can't eat avocado. It's like... Literally, like, it's trying to eat a, a spoonful of butter to me. I, I just couldn't do it, you know? Um, Same boat, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, and, and so all this other stuff, you know, like... Um, and and so then your only other option is something shitty, you know. And I'm like, fuck, all right. So I basically put it on hiatus until I got back. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I'm back on the no sugar again because um, now I can see the value in in it because it it really, you know, I went back to feeling the way that I did before I stopped having so much sugar. Um, and again, I haven't even quit sugar. Like I still, I it's only really weekdays, like between you know, morning and nighttime that, uh, between, uh, you know, before dinner and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because that's, that's where I probably have the opportunity to eat the most crap. Yeah. Especially at work. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's, um, certainly made a, a difference in like my ability to ascertain what, when you, when you stop eating sugar, you realize that how you feel most of the time is dictated by all that sugar. You know, yeah, uh, I'm well aware. Yeah, because you stop it. Probably see you. Uh, like two, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm dead to the world. Yeah, it's because <laughs> the beer I had at eight o'clock in the morning is wearing off, and I'm yeah. coming down hard. Yeah, see, I don't even do energy drinks though. Like, I, I, I don't like to introduce anything into my, um, what I eat or drink that, or, or in my mm. lifestyle, I guess, even like smoking and, and drinking a lot of alcohol and stuff like that because you don't need to. Um, and I know that trying to get rid of it's a lot harder, you know? So things like that, like, I mean, the worst, my worst case is probably Coke zero, but, um, but energy drinks is something that I can choose not to have because I'm not addicted to them and I don't want, I don't want to stay that way. So I I try to try to avoid it because I know how habit forming that shit is when you work in retail, because you get to work and you're always buggered and you're like, Hmm, I'll just have an energy drink and then it becomes an energy drink every morning and then you have start having one at lunchtime because you, uh, you have a bad day and you have another one and then suddenly you're having two a day and then next minute, you know, it's like you're not drinking any water. It's literally just all fucking caffeine, you know? Yeah. Um, to so, be fair, I only have the one a day. Yeah. So, <laughs> as bad as Ryan missed the fucking two bottles. <laughs> to get yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but um, again, that's the next thing though. Like, I'll probably once I sort of deal with sugar enough that I can get by without it, I'll I'll move on to getting rid of Coke Zero and things like that as well. Um, because as much as I actually read a, an article by the Cancer Council yesterday, um, saying that all these you know how everyone tells you that all these artificial sweeteners give you cancer, there's literally no what? evidence. What's that? Oh, I was just saying, like, there's, there's, the Cancer Council website says there's no evidence that any of the things like aspartamine uh, and, you know, all those artificial sweeteners actually give you cancer. Um, mm. uh, okay. Yeah, like, because everybody, every, everyone's like, oh, you can't drink that all the time, it's going to give you cancer. And it's like, well, I feel like drinking fucking, anything too much is going to give you cancer. But Fucking anything gives you cancer. I could walk down the street and get cancer, according to these people. Yeah, that's right. So I was I like, I read that and I'm like, sun well, for too long. <laughs> I'm sure it's not good though. It's it's probably not good for internal organs and stuff like that. But yeah. Eh. Anyway, we've super gotten off topic. Um, 
uh i don't think i uh, you know just quickly to wrap up you know we haven't done arts of the week or anything and it's not like we're literally at an hour and seven minutes so um holy shit yeah uh all right so that, that's cool that means we don't have to think of anything for next time <laughs> um <laughs> so what else i play i play just quickly assassin's creed origins that looks really slick i think if anything can bring the franchise back i think it's gonna be this one um this one i've been excited for in ages yeah yeah uh interesting thing actually we got to see logitech's going with with their pc peripherals they're all pushing wireless now um and they've got yeah no no no. but okay so uh there's two new mice coming out um which i i actually have one here but i don't have it on me right now um there's a new 700 series and a new 900 series that have a weight in the bottom you can pull the weight out and you can buy this uh, mouse pad like you know how like Razer and all that they got these mouse mats now that light up RGB um, mm. well Logitech this one doesn't light up but what it is the entire mouse mat is an induction charging uh, surface so you take okay. out the weight in the bottom of your, your new series 700 and 900 mouse you put this charging device in there um, which takes the place of the weight and um, it'll anytime it's on the mouse mat it's charging so basically it doesn't have a battery life it's it's constantly maximum charged out um and uh and it's got like it's all of the specs you want it's actually in many cases faster than a wired mouse because they, they're like every they said they said all right they the, the two guys who did came to do the presentation were, from logitech were dressed up as uh mythbusters guys and they're like all right we're gonna bust some myths today it's like people don't use wired wireless mouses because they're slower and they're like well we've got our you know uh light speed connection which is less than a millisecond um, polling refresh rate which is in some cases faster than an actual wired mouse you know and then uh well what about the batteries going flat well now they don't they never go flat they're always getting charged constantly while you're using it um and then they did a bunch of other stuff but actually to be honest with you i was really impressed and um the guys who they brought in they brought in like a game like a, an australian um professional gaming team that they sponsor mm. and i yep. think uh, uh, not long ago they actually beat uh, the world champions and they did it with wireless mouses you know? wow so it's like well i mean you can beat the best in the world with a wireless mouse what's why and they were saying look the thing that's great about it is you don't have um uh you don't have a cable getting in the way yeah you're not dragging against the cable when you pull down and things like that um also um logitech's design like a lot of the the powered mouse mats have the actual the bumpy bit at the top they've put theirs on the side so that you can push it right up against the you know the front of a desk or whatever you want to do um you know so it was it was pretty impressive to see i um i got to use the 900 on 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 there and that feels amazing that mouse it's really good um just going through what else got to play cod but i fucking sucked at it um play link is sony's investing a lot of things in this play link thing where everybody sits in front of the TV with their phones and uses that as controllers and you do like cooperative decision-making games and you know trivia games and shit it's basically the new buzz that's pretty cool um well they've, they've had shit like that for ages with like the jackbox and yeah exactly like that. yeah 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 but they're, they're putting their full weight behind this s system called playlink you know we got to try it out a few times there was a few sort of cool games and stuff uh gt sport was all right I, I don't know that it was worth the delay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, it looks good though. Like, don't get me wrong, but uh, every time I think about it, I think Forza looks better. You know, it's it's just how it is. And I got to play it in VR, and admittedly, the VR was heaps better than Drive Club. It didn't make me sick, um, mm. and it looks really good. But it's kind of like you you definitely get a quality graphics hit. Um, so people going into it should expect that. Um, but it's like the reason a lot of these top tier racing games don't have split screen anymore is when you split the screen, suddenly the graphics look like shit. Um, you lose yeah. like 20% quality just by splitting the screen. And it's the same. I feel like because you're splitting the screen between two lenses now, um, it's the same effect. You sort of lose any of the next gen graphics quality, um, mm-hmm. but it's still a solid racing game. So um, if you if you really wanted to play it in VR, then it's, it's probably the best driving game or it's the most worthwhile, but just expect it's not going to look as pretty as the regular game. Um, yeah. Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider expansion, uh, Doom, what else? Um, Wolfenstein 2, we got to see about 15 minutes of actual code of that, that looked really good. Um, Evil Within 2 was uh, looked pretty savage as well. Um, it looks actually it looks fucking scary as fuck to be honest. Uh, FIFA, NBA, and uh, Need for Speed, The Sims, Star Wars Battlefront, which everybody knows all about that already, you know. But that's pretty much it. Like we, you know, got to see a lot of stuff, got hands on a lot of stuff, and it was cool. But um, yeah, but that's that's basically it. Have you got anything else you want to add? Nah, man. I, f- I feel like this this uh, podcast was the Games Conference edition. It was, it was. But like you know, it's something it's like other people's the E three edition of their podcast, but this is our, our games conference edition. <laughs> yeah. The the Games Conference twenty seventeen catch up podcast. Yeah. Um Yeah, all right. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh didn't get a lot of comic stuff done. <laughs> but we got we got some I, I got some pictures done, that's all right. Yeah. Um all right, so um I guess I'll see you at work and thanks for tuning in everybody. Uh, we can only do this with your support. If you like the show, please spread the word. Um, if you want to listen on your commute, search for iTunes, Pretty Sketchy Podcast. Or um, if you want to see what I'm drawing, uh, check out YouTube, Pretty Sketchy Podcast, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you.